We are Abby and Caitlin, and we work at Deland Gibson Insurance, an insurance agency in Wellesley, Massachusetts. As 24-year-olds that have a crazy obsession with pop culture, we decided to create a podcast. We started our podcast to take the latest pop culture and relate it to important insurance topics that we work with in the office every single day. We work with our sales team to assess and lower our clients' total cost of risk. And we're chicks! First episode of the year that we're sitting down recording in the studio. I'm not gonna like we're in a studio, we're in a conference room, but still. Um, new year, new chicks. We're back in action, back at it again. Yes. Um, and we're happy to have a guest to kick off our new year. So Dan Finley, thank you for joining us today. Dan is part of Andover Companies, so we'll be um, digging into all things Andover and insurance and kind of what we're what we want to see in the upcoming years. Do you want to give a little bit of background on what you do for Andover and how Delane Gibson and Andover work together? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, so I am what's called our in our field division, and um, we have some. Let's say call them outdated job titles. I am what is called an executive special agent. That's a little bit of a history lesson. FBI. In yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of uh, FBI LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of, My uh, godmother is um, was an FBI agent, too. No way. Yeah. She's retired cool. now. But she, yeah, just like totally off topic. But, yeah, um, I saw the special agent on your Instagram, and I was like, I would love for him to explain this on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> is on my Instagram? I mean, LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn sorry. Okay. Whew, that nope, would be LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, LinkedIn. Sorry, it, it's it's essentially a marketing representative for the company. Um, we do a few other things internally that that might be different than other companies. But uh, it was a job that was actually created back in like I want to say 1914 by a guy named uh, Mr. Flag. That's like Titanic. Yeah, seriously. And what it was created to do was to really be a true middle middle person between our agent force and the company. So back then, right, there was not, there weren't phones, there weren't really much communication besides word of mouth and, and mm-hmm. handwritten letters. So we, uh, the executive, or the special agent, and then becomes an executive special agent with some experience, um, they were really the channel of communication between the agent and the company, vice versa, communicating uh, different company initiatives, also reporting back to the company on market trends and, and what's going on with our agents. And mm-hmm. um, and really, that is the essence of the job today. You know, and there's technology changes, there's all different changes in the world, um, as we see, but, um, but yeah, it really is the essence of the job, is to be that communication channel like that's really special cool. agent between special agent agents, between dg yeah. and andover <laughs> i'm gonna be losing that job title at some point in the future and i'm pretty devastated Aww. about it yeah i like it yeah i know i wish mine was that cool you guys can make it up come on yeah some true. innovative yeah, bosses could. here that's so true so um so it's a monumental moment for basic bitches i feel like <laughs> at this time of the year the bachelor is back and we're three episodes in and i this drama is so cringeworthy. My eyes, my eyes bleed sometimes yeah, just because I like. I feel like I have to turn off the TV sometimes just with the, just um, the way they talk. It's like, oh my god, and like, and then like, and then, oh, she's so rude. The drama, the dramatics. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you should go on. Wait, we should totally submit an application for you. Oh okay, my god. let's go. Let's start things up. I just don't know if I'm gonna make it to the end. 
or I want to like stop watching and just well, you read spoilers. Like I yes, guy. I love spoilers. I will ruin any show for myself, anytime, no matter what it is. <laughs> it's easier, right? It, it is. Makes yes, it easier. I love it. Well, it's almost like I get so like anxious about. Like, <laughs> oh my god, like are they going to get voted off? You know, all that kind of stuff. Can I declare myself officially on the podcast as a hater? A bachelor yes, yes. Hater. we have the bachelor. My fiance, I'm gonna Lauren. I'm a hater, and I'm gonna. <laughs> Stick to my stick guns. with it. But it is interesting how it's becoming almost like a sport now. Like a, like it a is. Sporting. People make brackets for it. Yeah, and there's gambling yeah. going on. Yeah. And uh, that's honestly like my friend group and guys will watch it. And I, I ask them, like, what do you like? They're like, it's just funny. And it's almost like Jersey Shore, right? And oh, I yeah. Don't, yeah. My it's, issue it's is like... the people don't think that we're making fun of them, right? Yeah. They think that people are taking them seriously and that... They're going to be great actors, and they're going to get fame. It's all about fame, right? It's all That's about fame. Yeah. It's all like they're yeah. all no like talent. Instagram verified during the show. Like they right. have the blue check mark next to their name, and well, like now, yeah, and now but, and I think the girl did the champagne gate to her face like on purpose Can you for attention. So that she was like all over champagne gate. Can you explain what happened? So I'm, champagne I'm, gate. This is like the most dramatic moment in Bachelor history. Um, so basically, sad. this girl. Um, I mean, all the girls that get have beef with each other. Of course, you know, they're all competing against each other. They yeah, all hate yeah. each other. There's like shit talking going on. Yeah. You know, the, the, there's the only guys. so much room at the top. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so long story short. Pilot Pete and Hannah Ann, who I think is like considered the front runner or one of the front yeah. runners at this point, sit down before the cocktail party and have this bottle of champagne that was like all displayed nicely by the fireplace. Little do they know that was like the whole controversial thing was did Hannah Ann know about this? Um, Kelsey set up this like special champagne that she brought from home to like pop with Peter and Hannah Ann took it from and, her. Oh man, the producer stuck that bottle right there in front of, the of her producers. and said, Hannah, why don't you open this? It yeah, seems like a great totally idea. Totally the producer setting this one up. Oh, I think my dream job is to be on the a production producer. team of The Bachelor and just like stirring that pot until it's like a tornado. I have some family that um, are in like TV and, and movie production and uh, it's interesting to hear, interesting to hear their perspective. Uh, my cousin Isabella is a producer on gonna watch it but Andy Cohen's show and I can't remember the name of his show uh, um, oh my god I should know this it's on, listen it, watch what happens watch live. what happens live really and yeah oh if you ever watch god. the show Isabella oh is, I watch it like every night she's I a voiceover like a lot like I don't know yeah. my mom went to go see the show with her and her friends and <laughs> Geeked out over Andy and oh yeah, and of course. How short he was, I would too. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's so like she explains the world and it is all it's all set up right. Oh yeah, we know that, but yeah. it is fun. I mean, but it's, it's still fun. so funny how they are so caught up. It's been going on since for like two episodes now. This whole champagne thing it keeps <laughs> getting girls, brought up. The There's girls tears. are bawling like... their eyes out. There's bullying accusations <laughs> over it. Like this one bottle of champagne is like causing like. Fires and it was like in not an, like an expensive bottle of champagne. It was just like no, it was just, it was just a normal bottle that she was saving for a special moment. Yeah. Again, the producer handed her the yeah. bottle and said, this <laughs> no, is your special yeah. bottle. And another producer said, all right, Hannah, here's your bottle. She didn't know. And then she popped and it. And what's the funny is that was like, yeah. the now producers, it's trending on Instagram. So, yeah, boom. the producer set up uh, champagne bottles like in different locations. So it looked like <laughs> it, so like, it, made, it, look it like, made it look yeah. like it was yeah, not her bottle. the picture right now. But this is see. this is the champagne gate because... <laughs> Kelsey, so this is Kelsey. This is the girl that had the special oh bottle and got angry God. at Hannah Ann. Yeah, so then she took Pete 
to a different section once the whole and drama broke down and they had like that extra bottle of champagne so Kelsey pops the champagne like shakes it up and then drinks it for herself so now this Looks is like she got a little uh, yeah excited, so this <laughs> is like yeah so that's now like the biggest meme to like yeah. walk out wow. of Bachelor franchise and she's history. getting more followers on Instagram and that's oh yeah that's the game right but that's why I think that when I was saying before that she did it a little bit on purpose because she wanted the attention from social media because she knew that that was going to be caught exactly. and be a meme for like the rest of her life which I is know. like it's embarrassing like I wouldn't want that photo myself it's happened to me when you drink yeah, yeah it does but like, oh yeah so it's like, but you're not I a national yeah. television no. I know exactly that, sh- that too you know um, like like social social scoring right like that's what this would be called like yeah. getting followers yeah, getting... in China like they're be- this is becoming I no facts about this but like I've read a few things that like that's starting to become the norm like you're getting socially you have like social right. um, currency like how many followers do you have on Instagram what's your rating on a certain app some Scary. Well, people, there are people out there that are making a living just off of their Instagram account. You know, like all the influencers and the bloggers. And it's funny that it's just like I never see Instagram like influencers from like the Northeast. No, like I see them all all down south, and they're like all wearing the same clothes, posing the same exact way, and I'm like. How are you getting all these clothes for free when you look exactly like the girl on the the post below you? When there's so many bloggers offering promo codes for the exact same product. Like, how is anyone making money off this? How are you making that much money to, like, you know, pay all your bills? Yeah. And and not to bring this back to insurance, but we can always keep bringing, right? We're always kind of bringing this back to insurance. So think about this as a homeowner's carrier like us, right? We insure a lot of families and individuals on the liability side um, for making umbrellas up to $5 million with us, which mm-hmm. is a lot of exposure. Um, but imagine we don't really have a, we don't have the, I guess, the technical like, ability to go in and figure out if someone's an influencer or not. Like we can, we ask our agents, like what is the occupation of this individual? Are they a public figure? Are they a professional athlete? Are they a celebrity? Right. And that makes it really hard. They need a special policy for that. That's something that your, na- your homeowner's company can't provide. But mm-hmm. these people are going and having hundreds of thousands of people follow them and they could get sued for slander, libel, like things can happen to oh, them. Yeah. And they have no idea. And that's yeah. the scary part on the insurance side. And I guess it's just because we're in risk mitigation, but like, you think about it like that, they're like, there's a lot, a lot out there that people are yeah. just like throwing themselves out in the. In and that's the what of I was internet. thinking about too. Like, ever I feel like everything I see now, I think of like, oh, like how would that be insured? Like the bachelor house with all those yeah. people in it coming from different it, places. Yeah. It's like, how it do did, you, didn't like it catch on fire? Like, like one time it did. It, they, it they was surprised it didn't catch on fire, yeah. right? It's but in California. It kind of is up in flames right yeah, now. Yeah, it is. The, the combined IQ on, yeah. of that group. That's, <laughs> credit score that's... is still the biggest predictor of uh, <laughs> cause of loss. Oh, for, but uh, like it has yeah. a pool. It has like all this stuff that's like total risks. They it's like have that's good. See, yeah. you're good. You're morphing your brain. It's and just, that's yeah. what that's why people will come to Delane Gibson come to any agent is for the consulting side of things. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. to have a relationship with carriers, like that's really cool and that's great and that's really important so you guys can advocate for your customers, but the biggest thing that you guys can really do is provide guidance and, and kind of stay in the weeds. And while you're watching TV, think about that. Like yeah. Other people aren't thinking about that, no. and that's no. okay. You know, yeah, that's great. That's where you're like here. Second nature for us. Yeah, it's like, so yeah. funny. I'll like text Abby. I'll be like, "Wait, what? Like, what is yeah. this?" She's like, "Stop! I'm watching The Bachelor." Yeah. I'm, I know. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to just. I'm like nerding out, and she's like, like relax, zoning in on this drama. Oh my yeah. god, I love like that trashy drama crap, like that. 
Well, it's like so mindless and it's entertaining. So entertaining. Yeah. Like, like I love the Kardashians. I love all the housewife shows. And like my dad and my brother constantly make fun of me being like, how do you watch this crap all the time? <laughs> um, it's brainless. Though. Like you were talking about, it's your, you want a place to kind of shut off your brain. People yeah. do that. Yeah. And just like, they channel that in all different ways. You know, I play golf. That's pretty. People make fun of that. I think yeah. my fiance makes fun of golf quite a bit and spending six hours on the golf course with your friends or your yeah. clients or yeah. whatever. Okay, like where's, you know, is that really different than watching a reality? I don't know. You know, it's, it's your Well, sometimes and... if you like really go golfing a lot, that can be a reality TV show in itself Especially, with a group of people. It's oh, like, yeah. yeah. Depending on who you have, that golf course can get messy. Yes, certainly. <laughs> my goodness. I went golfing like once in my life when I was like, Probably like nine years old with my family. We were we were just up at um some country club up in Maine, and um, we did golfing. And my uncle let me drive the golf cart, which is a terrible idea. And I ended <laughs> up driving off. Tra- I'm like nine years old, like operating <laughs> this thing, and I ended up driving like off trail, hitting a branch, and the branch ripped the entire roof of the golf cart off. <laughs> I actually don't know what happened after that. Too, so, yeah, but Let's just I'm say sure. we used to insure golf that. courses. I was going to say, I was For that, like, that could be like, yeah, that's totally an insurance topic right there that we can yeah. talk about later. But. Certainly. Golf is very important to our industry. Mm-hmm. Relationships are key, right? And golf mm-hmm. is a great place to learn about people and uh, and really get to know somebody. It's yeah, four and a half, a, five Yeah, hours. it's a long time on there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Relationships are made of broken on the golf course, and uh, mm. you do not need to be good at golf. That's the thing. When people <laughs> ask me, like, do you play golf? Do you like to be outside? Do you like to have fun? Do you like to try to challenge yourself? That's really all golf yeah. is. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. It's more Very social in that nature, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, my family makes it, like, a full-on competition, screaming, yelling, yeah. like, yeah. But that's, just, yeah, we, I have the same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. but, but it's like our, we live in cities and towns. It's our kind of escape. It's like a little escape for us to be in nature and right. kind of have that opportunity to challenge ourselves, both phys- physically a little bit more mentally and, mm-hmm. and also get to know people, and, yeah. you know. Speaking of relationships and, like, building relationships to, like, grow um, Andover and the agencies that you guys work with, can you go into more detail about, like, Andover's marketing strategy and how you leverage deep relationships to grow? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think all carriers try to build deep relationships with their agencies. Um, in, in you know, everyone has different strategies. Some companies spend a lot of money on advertising. You'll see that at sporting events or television right. commercials or anything like that. And there's tons of benefits there, uh, certainly. But for us, we really try to uh, focus our budget and um, our time uh, building deep relationships with the entire agency, mm-hmm. from the principal all the way down to someone working in reception or whatever it is. We understand that the value chain's there and um, that those relationships are key to a trust, to having trust, understanding what we are going to be good at writing, what we're going to be a good market for you guys. And then also, um, yeah, I mean, growth is really important, but it's not the end all be all. I think for us, um, it's about having really quality customers um, coming to be in the Andover pool and Andover companies. We are a mutual company, which a lot of, um, you know, there's not a lot of us left in New England or the Northeast, but mutual insurance companies are owned by the policyholders. And that it's a little bit different strategy than some of the publicly traded companies that have to have meet different demands. Um, so that does change things a little bit. But we believe that, um, you know, maybe personal relationship building outside of just an office meeting is really critical, whether mm-hmm. that is at a game, uh, concerts, or just grabbing lunch, uh, especially with like our underwriters and claims examiners, people that are really touching the business and you guys and people in house will be working with on a daily basis. Getting FaceTime, building a kind of a personal relationship just makes it better to work with. You know, you like, you do, you work with who you like. That's 
just the nature yeah. of the beast. And I feel like that's like human nature to like gravitate towards that too, just for anyone. It's like, oh, I know this person, they're really easy to talk to. Let me talk to them about, about yeah. their thoughts on this and like what they would do or how they would manage this type of risk or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, everyone gets more comfortable with each other. Yeah. You know, you instill trust in one another and that just leads to, you know, professionally a better yeah. relationship. And we've gone to some of the indoor events and they are awesome. Yeah. So, so it's, fun. it's cool that like different people from our agency can get involved in that too. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we're a young, I mean, we're a 200 year old yeah. mutual company, but we are quite young of our employee base. Um, mm-hmm. Every day growing younger and younger. I'm, getting a little moving towards the median, which is strange for me. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I've been at the company six and a half years, and uh, it's night and day, the personnel, but uh, the core values of what we do is, is going to be, it's going to, you know, it's going to surpass time, technology, market demands, all that. We really believe that, like, the personal touch is going to weather all storms. I mean, fintech, right, that was superseded mm-hmm. the insurance, insure tech boom by a decade or two, and, um, you know, there's really cool technology in banking, really cool technology in financial services. However, in the end, it's still that human touch. All banks, I mean, look at Capital One, right? Capital One's a really cool um, money market savings account, mm-hmm. really cool credit card yeah. plan. However, what are they pushing? They're pushing the Capital Grill. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Capital That's One Cafe. Capital Capital Scratch that. Capital. Scratch the Capital <laughs> Grill comment. Cap- Capital One Cafe, right? Like, obvious. that's what they, yeah. they know that it's about the experience, about the interactions, but we have to make sure we stay uh, in, in the demands of your customers, and usually that's speed and accuracy, right? Yeah. And accessibility. Right. That's all. Yeah, so um, our last couple episodes were a mini series from the big event in Boston where we talked a lot about technology. So with the technology that you were just mentioning, like InsureTech and everything moving forward so fast, could this change your marketing strategy? Like, do you guys think you're going to start to get more involved on social as well to, like, portray those relationships you guys have? Or, like, provide apps? Or I know that you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about PayPal and Venmo, about how that might come into play in insurance. Can you go yeah. talk about that a little bit? No, it's unprecedented for sure. I mean, this insure tech trend started in 2015. We're almost five years in, or geez, we're over five years in now. But um, it's really picked up. Uh, there's a lot of investment uh, attention going in here from across all sectors. Um, however, you know, I think we're going to leverage technology to perpetuate our business model more than anything. And um, it kind of comes down to the, to the needs of our policyholders and our agents. So as we start to see things change where um, policyholders want 24-7 access, right? They want to be right. able to, we all had to put our phones on do not disturb mode before the podcast, right? Because we all had our phones on us <laughs> yeah. and we checking in. And um, I pulled some people, uh, you know, it's kind of fun to do whether you're with friends or just random people and kind of ask them about insurance. It's really, it's probably the best yeah. way to learn. Just random, you know, ask your friends when you're at dinner or whatever it is, uh, or you're at a Starbucks and you're sitting mm-hmm. at a table. So people just... Mm-hmm. Sometimes awkward. It doesn't always work, but but you, but you ask people we'll about it, and and you ask like, I think there was a stat. I think it was Bain and Co came out with a, a, a study a couple of years ago, and eighty seven percent of insurance customers do not want outbound sales calls or inbound to them, but outbound from an agent or the carrier. Um, they want us there when they need us in mm-hmm. the worst times, but also uh, for us, we see that the the payment process needs to be really needs to revolutionize. Um, we talk about Venmo, right? I mean, that's probably the number yeah. one thing we all use um, to kind of transfer money back and forth for certain things. Um, yeah, that's life-changing. Yeah. It is, because yeah. we don't have to make the waitress go split our bill eight different ways because we have, everyone has their own credit card. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. Like, so it's a little different for, for insurance, but we've... Yeah. Um, we're coming out with a pretty cool product. Um, it, it's my Andover. It's an insured portal. It's something that um, most of your companies, most carriers have at this point. We yeah. built it in-house. 
Um, and we tried to get a unique perspective on it. We actually brought in some folks from some e-commerce companies that are outside of our industry, and they gave us some really good feedback. Um, and we looked at some other carriers, portals, and we liked some things. We didn't like some other things, but we really looked at some other e-commerce sites, like obviously Amazon, but Keurig was one of our big inspirations. We have some folks inside that have some oh, experience cool. working at Keurig. Mm-hmm. And that process of kind of that cart feature of really simple checkout process when you want to make payments and being able to be flexible with payments, uh, scheduling credit card payments, um, utilizing different payment processors, which will come down the line. Yeah. But um, again, that all depends on your core processing system, which we are now updating to become modern, and we're in the process of doing that. And that's carriers deal with that, right? In 19, the 1970s or late 1960s, early 1970s, insurance companies were the most innovative, tech-savvy companies in the world. We were the first to adopt the DOS mainframe, right? We were the first mm-hmm. to really adopt mm-hmm. computers because data is what our product is, right? Data is right. so important mm-hmm. in what we do. Um, however, we were able to be very successful as an industry for a long time without leveraging any technological advances. And that, right now, it seems like the pressure from the outside is coming in a little bit to to improve those efficiencies yeah. and yeah. start doing more. But in the end, I really think it comes down to humans, no matter what. I'm right. on team human. Yeah. Yeah, Tom always says to us about insurance, he's like, yesterday's technology, like today, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They talk about a, an awesome app. Like what a great person to have at the office, yeah, like yeah. wealth of knowledge. I oh go to him for, for plenty of things. He is oh, yeah. a great example of someone that's been doing this his whole life with a with a fierce passion mm-hmm. for learning, yeah. and that's what you want as a as a, a mentor, right? Something that exactly. can really help you guys. Um, he is a staple. He is notorious across all carriers oh, for being yeah. a stickler and in a great way. And yeah. really. Uh, you know, keep us on our toes, and, and I really respect that about Tom. Yeah, we've I learned so much from Tom, so Chip, much. and Ted just doing this podcast and working with them, like, every day. Yeah. Just hearing yeah. the conversations that, like, they have back and forth. We sit in on the production meetings on Monday mornings, and just hearing the conversations that the, the sales team is having with each other exactly. has helped us so much. I know, and then doing this podcast has really just kind of pushed ourselves, yeah. you know, and, like, the growth of this industry, you yeah. know, to kind of keep up with but it. But it's still, like, the human interaction, like, inside the office and outside with other, other yeah. Uh, yeah. carriers and I think stuff that's like also that. one of the best things working for Delane Gibson is just with Tom, Chip, and, like, Ted and all of them, like, they're not afraid to teach us whatever we want to yeah. know, no matter how simple it is. Like, I know I've talked about this <laughs> on the podcast before, but my first day here, I asked Tom what a claim was. I mean... But, like, how would you have known? You weren't weren't studying insurance before you came here? Believe it or not, no. I know. Yeah. (laughs) But just, like, I don't know, looking back on that and seeing how far we've come. And now we're doing the podcast, you know, tying insurance into what we like. And pretty sure Tom, like, randomly in meetings would be like, so, Abby, what's a claim? (laughs) I know. Yeah, I know. I got to stay on my toes now. Yeah. (laughs) They need, like, a word of the day calendar for insurance. Yes. Yes. help us all out if someone had the time or the patience to do that. Yeah. But that yeah. would be, but that could you, go on forever. There's so many terms. But when you guys talk about social and leveraging mm-hmm. that types of interactions with, with customers, um, I think our core philosophy, though, really comes down to our agents, our, our sales force. You guys, mm-hmm. we treat you guys, we think of you like employees and partners, um, and we're a partnership company. But um, I really do think when carriers overstep, it can be a tough interaction where, you know, um, we want to be visible to help our agents, but at the same time, more reactionary. Like when people want to learn about Andover after you guys sell them a, a product of ours, um, I think that's really where we need to do a better job as a carrier to be a better partner. But um, there's also other companies out there doing really cool initiatives to help support agencies' ability mm-hmm. to 
really ingrain themselves in the community digitally. Um, and that's something I know we've been working on internally and we have a long way to go, but I think all carriers do, but you guys are the sales force. You guys are the talent and that's how we model it. Some other companies do a little bit of both. They have direct marketing yeah. and agency force, but that's, uh, that's yeah, that's how we've, we've rolled for a long time. Awesome. Want to do the AM best question? Sure. Um, so yeah, talking about kind of technology and the innovation, um, we briefly touched base on the AM Best and how AM Best is the company that kind of confirms, you know, the financial stability of insurance companies, giving ratings of A, B, C, etc. And um, here at DG, we only do business with companies with a grade A, which is Andover. Um, so a plus, but that's not important. <laughs> it's fine. Plus, plus. It's okay. <laughs> so, Jan, can you just talk about kind of the grading criteria and how innovation is almost putting pressure on companies uh, to create the new and futuristic ideas? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a really great initiative by AMBEST recently. They just announced uh, last year that um, they will begin, um, you know, <clears throat> It's going to be a process, but they're going to start grading companies on an, on an innovation score. And what that really entails is still ambiguous. And I think that's done on purpose by them to just kind of encourage innovation at carriers mm -hmm. and kind of not force us, but just it, it almost is forcing us to uh, do what's in the best interest overall of the policyholders, right? Because that's what AM best scores are. They mm -hmm. they show your financial fortitude, your financial strength um, a around a wide array of uh, topics, whether that is your investment strategy, your surplus, your spread of risk, your reinsurance programs, all things that make carriers unique and uh, really separate us from other from our competitors. Um, and now bringing innovation in the mix. I know at Andover, it's, it's really helped accelerate our innovation process, which is uh, something that uh, I'm excited to be a part of. And I think um, we have some really talented people inside right now starting to build this. And, um, and we believe that could stem from anything, right? That doesn't have to just be technology. And that's where AMS is kind of figuring it out. Is it just technology or is it innovation in the sense of uh, new types of lines of insurance, you know, looking right. at what de customer demands are, um, trying to figure out in different distribution channels um, for agents, whether that's uh, online leads directed to agencies or um, whether that is, um, you know, a myriad, a myriad of top, a myriad of things that we don't really know yet. I don't think any carriers do, but there's obviously the big carriers out there like Travelers, Hartford, um, State Farm, whatever. Mm -hmm. We would name a dozen or so huge companies. They are devoting teams that are bigger than my entire company to this, to, yeah. to really getting out yeah. front, whether that's leveraging telematics for their auto products or their homeowners products or using artificial intelligence and machine learning to build raters that take five seconds, you know, instead right. of... Yeah minutes or, or whatever it would take now with current mm -hmm. uh, legacy systems like ours, um, our, our older system. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely aware of it. I'm I'm really excited they're doing it. I think it's going to really help the industry overall. I was going to say, I feel like the innovation side is going to really, like, push the industry forward to, like, where it wants to be. Mm -hmm. Same with, um, like, artificial intelligence, yeah. too. And the yeah. creativity, too, around the innovation. I'm curious to see where it's going to end up of, like, the criteria that they actually decide on for the innovation because it's, it's very broad, I feel like. But it's kind of cool to see what companies will do to be creative and like be innovative on their own in their own way. Some of them like are it. coming up with such like high tech yeah. things. I was reading this article the other day about this company is basically um, creating like a better claims process, like a start to finish claims things where let's say if like, I don't know, you get into like a fender bender, you can like scan the mm -hmm. fender bender and then that submits the claim. It compares it to like a auto policy or an other like another yeah. policy holders and kind of assesses like what if this claim should be paid or not, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which because I know claims are probably the most annoying thing for uh, for companies people to too. deal with. Yeah. yeah you it's know, a big... the indirect cost of time and stuff just to 
a big part in our bottom line, you know, and I think that's going to, you will start to see that for small claims, right? Mm -hmm. For Mm -hmm. homeowners claims, things like water backup claims or, um, you know, things under a certain dollar value, we can, that's certainly something that can be expedited um, using technology and AI. Uh, But that just, we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg, right? Let's Mm -hmm. talk about 10 years from now, guys, right? If we're going to be in this business for a long time, we have to look that far down the road. Right. Understand, we have an executive at Andover, and he's been all over the tech world. And his vision of insurance one day is that someone's going to be able to take a selfie of themselves in front of their house, and based on geocoding and artificial intelligence and and facial recognition, because every time you turn your iPhone on, they're analyzing your face. Yeah, that's how I unlock my phone. Everybody, right? (laughs) So so what what that's gonna do is, this is just really futuristic, cool stuff to think about. Why not be able to issue a life insurance policy, a homeowner's policy, and, uh, and a liability, like casualty policy, all at the same time? What's stopping that, right? right? Based on all the imagery on Google Maps and yep. low-flying aviation imagery and drone technology, mm-hmm. um, Zillow, whatever online uh, resources there are, if you pull all that data and you have someone taking a picture in front of their house, you know they're, through facial recognition who they are, everything about them, and you everything about the risk, where it is, what the replacement cost should be, has there been any claims, right. you can get the person's insurance cro- score or credit score based on that too. So that's really where augmented reality is, is kind of starting to... Uh, shift the game a little and um it's cool i'm in school right now we're just starting to learn about augmented reality so it's kind of a cool yeah it's a cool process yeah like the whole e-commerce world is insanely fascinating yeah yeah definitely so final question are you a patriots fan (laughs) heck yeah (laughs) so abby do you want to talk about um the craft reporting to tmz Yes. Yeah. So TMZ like bombarded Kraft yesterday. And, you know, obviously number one question in New England is where's Tom Brady going? Oh, man. So keeps us all up at night. (laughs) I know. I do think about it way too much. TMZ is really all over the Patriots right now because I found about the Julian Edelman thing through TMZ, too. TMZ is like relentless with just bashing celebrities (laughs) just to get any answer they can get out um they have a little tv show that kind of talks about kind of what they went through it's kind of interesting but um according to Kraft, he says we plan to bring tom back but is like tom brady in on that or i don't know see i think i think tom is gonna like talking to the teams kind of like playing the field seeing what they all offer him i think he's gonna go back to graft and being like look these are my options out there like do what you want with the information Mm -hmm. but i think he wants more money because he's given up for years a big chunk of his salary to keep star players around like the game last year i feel like he didn't feel the support when he was giving up his salary. Like, Absolutely. I feel like it wasn't valued by the mm-hmm. team. Like, the players, like, just didn't have a good flow. No. Like. Especially in offense. Their defense yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's where the money went. And, yeah. And uh, I think Antonio... He needs, he needs the, the new Gronk on the field. Yeah. He needs that right. person to trust. Well, Antonio Brown was going to be that guy, unfortunately. Until um, today. Until TMC <laughs> is all over that, too. Yeah, the he, news. But, know. obviously, he had a lot of skeletons in his closet, but when yeah. they signed him... If, if he just could keep his mouth shut and just try to play football, just I listen. hate to, but like, just, yeah, if he really felt that way and he, he talked about it a little more recently about how he regretted mm-hmm. some of the stuff he did, um, but that was the answer. Antonio yeah. Brown was the answer. You saw in that first game in Miami what he could do. I know. Tom and him were going to set all sorts of records. Yeah. He's our new Randy Moss. And uh, and that was a, I think that was a little bit of a plan because they knew he was very volatile and, and he did not want to be in Oakland. And uh, so I thought, you know, I did think that was going to be their kind of like, you know, uh, back, right. ace in the back pocket or whatever you want to say. But I think um, 
they definitely need to show Tom that they're willing to bring in mm-hmm. some some name. And there's some really big names being circulated around, especially in the yeah. tight end spot. Austin Hooper's a big big name out there. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think there's uh i'm curious what they'll do with like the cap space because i don't think the patriots have a ton left like i think if they gave brady like his full salary they'd be capped out so they're gonna have to do some some big movements the cap in the nfl (laughs) is not real though there is it not okay it's it's a very i wasn't sure how tight it was because like major league baseball there's like no cap yeah luxury tax right so like teams try to stay below that but yeah you're absolutely right like the nhl and the nba have very strict caps and things are very set in those leagues right the nfl is a little different Again, I'm not going to be an expert in this all, but yeah, just no. from, like you know, locker room talk or whatever. You yeah. just to, to talk about these things, and mm-hmm. it seems like money's not the issue. I think okay. um, it's That's... more about the terms of the contract. Do okay. you really want to give a 43 year old a two That's or so three true. year contract? Yeah. And do they have a backup plan? Um, and does he want he that two to three year contract? Wanted... Or does he want like a one year try one more time? I think he wants. I think Giselle is really just like bugging him on you know retiring basically, yeah. but. but but Joe Namath came out yesterday, right? Joe Namath, uh, Hall of Famer, like unbelievably successful. Kind of like the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees of his time, right? And he mm-hmm. actually made a comment. He kind of spoke out to Brady through an interview mm-hmm. um, on the NFL Network. And um, he was telling Tom that he really should stay in New England. And that's just based on his feedback because he did it. He's, he played his whole career yeah. with one team and then went for a couple of years, just like Joe Montana, John Elway, Peyton mm-hmm. Manning. They did yeah. it. And maybe he's talking to these people. I know he's close with Peyton Manning, and Peyton could talk to him about these things at his time in Denver. Um, however, Peyton was in a very different spot, right? Peyton couldn't even throw the ball 10 yards down the field at that point yeah. with his neck injury and everything. So Tom is still one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. I know he had a tough year this year, but we can watch the TV. It's also like a team. Like, I feel like so much pressure falls back on him because he's Tom Brady and he's the GOAT. But, like, <laughs> it was like the passes were pretty much on point, and they just dropped them. Yeah, so it's it like it, it, it comes down to the him. team yeah, situation was, too. He needs like, that new person to trust. Yeah. But think about how tight the NFL is. We wouldn't be sitting here talking about six Super Bowls if it wasn't for. Oh yeah. Like the two Giants Super Bowls, right? We should have won those games. Right. But we also shouldn't have beat the Seahawks. It probably yeah, exactly. Have come back the Falcons, right? So so <laughs> much can out. happen, and like we all forget, like after own, I think it was oh nine oh ten or oh nine two thousand ten, this all happened. They missed the play. They lost two years in a row in the AFC wildcard games, and everyone predicted that. It's over. The dynasty's yeah. dead. Oh, we've Look heard that like so many times. I think it comes back down to your infrastructure, right? It's just like mm-hmm. any company. You're you lose key people at Lane Gibson all the time, right? But it's not about that. It's about the culture. Like at Andover, right. we always talk about the name in the front of the jersey is way more important than the name in the back. Mm-hmm. When you, we really only it's deep. Yeah. Well, we only hire. <laughs> so I mean, we don't only hire, but we really try to target people that were were um, student athletes at some point in their life. It doesn't have to be in college, and not we're not we don't really care about your stats. Some people might razz about college <laughs> statistics, but but overall, we really feel like that team culture is, is really important to us, and um, we do a lot of vetting during the hiring process to look for that type of person that right. um, is willing to um, maybe sacrifice, leave their ego at the door, um, yeah. and you know a bunch of personalities are involved. Yeah. But at the same time, you're never bigger than the team. No. Ever and, and that's being a student athlete, it's like yeah. so important. Yeah, it we was feel like, like Tom, right? We're like, oh, yeah, exactly. Quarterback in the NFL is a little different than any other sport, you yeah. know, because they do control everything. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I don't like. I mean, Jared Sidham, he might be a great player, but I'm not going to. I don't really same. know anything about him to be honest, because I. he. I mean, I feel like that was the same thing. People knew who Jimmy G was because. Jimmy G. Everyone knows who Jimmy Explain G was. Why did you, you guys know Jimmy G? Like, what was so popular <laughs> about Jimmy G? I I don't know. Maybe the chin, or maybe he the, just looked. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The hair sure. or the six pack. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> not really sure. <laughs> okay, you guys can. Yeah. The four games he played that yeah. Tom Brady didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, we saw in that NFC. I don't know if you guys watched the NFC Championship game, but like, he's not the goat. 
He's not going to be the go. Who, uh, Jimmy G. Jimmy, oh, yeah. He's no. just, he's okay. That team is ridiculously fast. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. The the sweeps they run in that Samuel yeah. kid who just flies, and they're running mm-hmm. back. I'm going to forget his name. Number 31. Why do I forget his name? Whatever. I don't watch the NFC a lot, but like, yeah. <laughs> watching that game, you're like, this looks like a high school football game. These people are just getting huge holes, and like, they ran for over 300 yards. Jimmy G threw the ball six times. It's hard to say that like, yeah. he's the real right. reason. He's not going to be known. It's not going to be known as Jimmy G took his team yeah, to the no. Super Bowl. It's like, oh, he was a good quarterback on an The 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Actually, yeah. I feel like the the biggest thing right now for the, the 49ers is that their offensive coach is a female. That's literally oh what God, all yeah. social media is right now. Yesterday. Like, like, that's like going it. over at, like their whole, like, that is like high up on their, their marketing right now. Yeah, it's yeah. like the first female to like be. And she's in the Microsoft Surface commercial. Like, they're getting a lot of media about that type of stuff, too, which is yeah. a good thing, but... I like the Shanahan's. They're really innovative. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, his father, Mike Shanahan, he yeah. was an amazing coach. But, but yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, we're seeing the women in coaching starting to really pick yeah. up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's hard because, like, I played ice hockey my whole life. My little sister is um, a high school hockey coach with my dad. And she was an all-American college hockey player. She's actually in insurance as well. So I've, I convinced, oh, cool. I converted her over yes. <laughs> to the dark side. Family affair. I got her in. No, I mean, I think she saw as well when she interviewed at the company she works for, she saw that team mentality and she loves the people she works with. She'll go to bat. Uh, athletes are very resilient. They, they um, you know, I feel like they're willing to take on new challenges, even if they don't know what that is. And that's what insurance is, right, guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, I got pulled out. Of, I was studying. I was wanted to go to law school. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And, very happy if not but um, <laughs> I'm very happy where I am but yeah. they you know it was about that culture you know and that's big and it's it's we don't think no one's thinking about insurance I a lot of my friends are doing really cool things in technology and biotech and it seems so interesting however what we get to do on a daily basis has really deep meaning as well yeah. and the more we can relate that to our daily lives it's huge you know, right that's what it's all about definitely yeah so uh I think that's it but our continuing on the Brady watch our Next episode is going to be talking about all Tom Brady, Brady Watch, house. His house, how he put his house up for sale. We got the one in Greenwich. Yeah, um, the insurance around that. The real estate value. Yeah, so we'll touch base on that in our next episode. It'll Tom be Tom Brady insurance? I would love to know his yeah. insurance. Like, how? It's got to be similar. Yeah, we're going to take yeah. a deeper dive and look cool. into that. It uh, will be interesting, though, because our it's, guest is an Eagles fan. Whoa. Or it's rumored she's It's from rumored Philly. she's an Eagles fan. She's from Philly. So we'll see. That episode I, probably won't go well. No, I'm just kidding. It'll be, <laughs> no, nice. it'll be awesome. You're no, we're, an we're Eagles s- fan in this sanctuary of Tom. Like I don't know. I know. I'm a little, it's, I'm a it's, worried. Uh, we have we have so much to worry about. I know. Like, but hey, she knows insurance, and she'll yeah. be able to help us out with how Tom Brady insures yeah, his house and be his good. belongings. Yeah, and, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Just, it'll be awesome. Just don't judge her for being an Eagles fan. No. Oh, we'll, of course. We'll try. No. We'll put the past behind. Yeah, we'll just we'll we'll block. We'll leave that out outside the door. The hater blockers. Yeah, but thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. This was awesome. Yeah, so, awesome guys. Thank look you. forward to love hearing to have you again sometime yes. too. I would, I would whenever you love want. Hanging yeah. out with the risky chicks. Again. Yes. Sure. <laughs> awesome. Remember not to get yourself caught up in risky, risky business. business.